This conversation was recorded on January 24th, 2015. This is episode 51 of Biblically Speaking, a conversational question and answer show with two guys from Millard Community Church in Omaha, Nebraska. If Biblically Speaking is your first exposure to myself and to John, I would suggest heading over to www.biblestudy.net where you'll find over 200 hours of John's preaching. Everything is absolutely free to download and he covers many topics, everything from the mysteries of the kingdom of the heavens to the dispensations to verse-by-verse detailed teaching of the church letters. There's lots of great stuff there. I think you'll really enjoy it. So go check it out and I hope you enjoy this show. Should we tithe? Should we tithe? No. And yes. Okay. Are We're... we done? Is that the end of the show? <laughs> Hopefully. Can I can... answer? You know, I'm going to let my yes be yes and my no be no, by the way. I'm not going to take a middle ground on this. Okay. Well, explain each of them. Okay. In order to answer the question, should we tithe, it was to have a definition of terms, right? The word should means ought to, not necessarily have to. Right. And we means uh, believers in this particular case, I think, was what you mean. That's, that is what I mean. Okay. And then tithe, what does tithe mean? Well, tithe means pay 10% of something. Right. Is exactly what it means. It doesn't mean anything other than that. It doesn't imply anything other than that. It is a 10% tax. Is it a tax? It is a tax. Which is a required payment. It is a required payment of exactly 10% of something. Now, I suppose you can round because the real world being, you know, analog and payments being digital mm-hmm. end up having, you know, rounding factors. So it is a tax of 10%. So, for example, I live in Omaha, Nebraska. We have no sales tax on food in Nebraska. Government authorities are mad about that, and so they find a way around that to tax us on food. So when we go out to eat, they tax us on food almost 10%. Not exactly 10%, though, so it's not exactly a tithe, but it is a tax of about 10%. And should you pay that? Yeah, you should pay that. So there's your answer, yes. So we should tithe to our state and federal government. Well, you should pay every 10% tax that is due by the government. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Now, number that's number one. Number two, churches have no taxing authority. They have no authority in law, and they have no authority in Scripture to tax. What about in the law? In the law, there are no churches, so... We don't have to worry about the chur- that. The church in the wilderness. The church in the wilderness. Uh, the church in the wilderness had the authority from God to tax. That was a nation. That was a nation that was born in Egypt and carried more or less unwillingly out into the wilderness. And uh, that was one day. And, and, and a nation has authority to tax. Okay. I don't believe that Obama, the Affordable Care Act, is a proper tax. I don't think insurance is a tax, but that's not a matter. Supreme Court disagrees with me, and they win. (laughs) True. But now, okay, so I'm not really being facetious. I'm just being on target here. What somebody wants you to say at this point that's listening, wants you to say, you know what I mean. They want you to say that. So why don't you say that? Maybe your mother wants you to say that. Mm. Are you going to say, you won't say that. 
Yeah, repeat after me is awful anyway. Yeah. Christians should never repeat after me. Well, their kids should, but that, let me let me just say, there is a bunch of thought behind you saying, well, you know what he means. Should we pay 10% of our money to the church or to the ministry or to God? Should we? No, I think no, or or yes. Now you're now you're double talking. No, I'm not really double talking <laughs> because you've answered no or yes twice so far. Yes, I know. I down the no line. I have to put in another yes. Okay. Okay, and that is not not exactly ten percent, but you're bought with a price. God owns it all. So the ones who said that part was all, which is Ananias and Sapphira. They got carried feet first out there in Jerusalem. So we know that that's not right, to call part all. And lying. See, it's lying. Huh? That's lying. Of course. And uh, in that particular case, it was lying to the Holy Spirit, as as the apostles told them. Yeah, they gave them each an individual little trial there, and they carried the ex- God executed the judgment, and they buried them. So we talked about knowing the will of God. There's a case of knowing it, and yet not yeah. following it. And and it's not the will of God that you should understand some kind of tax of 10% from him. Unless you understand that Abraham did pay a tithe to Melchizedek, and therefore we also can understand that Levi paid tithes to Melchizedek in Abraham. That That's an important thing to understand. What, what's the takeaway from that? There's a few takeaways from that. Of course, the Hebrews' takeaway from that is that the priesthood of Melchizedek is by that very act superior to the priesthood of, of Levi. Mm. So that's that's because probably Levi the biggest takeaway. Tithes, gotcha. There is another takeaway that God has his work, his people, that he sets apart as Melchizedek was. Mm. Melchizedek a human being. Okay. So we have no, he has no genealogy, so maybe we don't exactly know who he is. You know who I think he is. And I do think he's Shem. Uh, and I do think Shem without a genealogy is a fair statement when one considers that we're just talking in the context of the post-alluvial world. But never mind that. Carve that off and argue about it later. Let's come down to this. God is entitled to his part. But his part is all, not 10%. And so that's that's why I want you to understand that, you know, if 10% means at least or more than 10%, which it does, tithe does not mean 10% or more. 10% means exactly 10%. So but if you're talking about money. what, if you're talking about what is God's, for example, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, pay Caesar those 10% taxes he puts on you, on all taxes. If he does a tithe, do that one. If he does other taxes, do that one. Give that, you know, because if you look at the money that you're holding on to, on the face of it is some image of, you know, a representative of Caesar. Now, on the back of Benjamin. it, U.S. money is weird stuff, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of weird Pyramids and eyes. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. All that really demonic stuff that is handed down from Freemasonry, which probably a Jesuit institution at its inception, but... Let's put that one away, too. Set that aside. Set that aside, too. God is entitled to all because you are not your own. You're bought with a price. So God directs, for example, of that all that you owe him, which is everything that you are and have, and what would a man give for exchange for his life? Everything. So God's given you eternal life. You have this exchanged life, 
and so it's worth everything. Now the question is, how does God direct you to handle everything? Because whereas he's entitled to it, he has set you over it to test you in your faithfulness. Some people would just like the whole issue to be over with, say 10%, and that, then they're free to do whatever they want, see, with the 90 that's left. And they can... Well, straightforward. And they can boast. They can say, I, I tied. Do you? Well, you know, I don't have any rules for that because I don't know how God might want you to administer what he has said under you. I, so I have no rules for you. And I have, let me say, no rules for myself. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. There are times when God has told me to save everything that I can without a reason. I have built stacks. And then God comes along and takes the stack. And he stays. sometimes he takes the whole stack. Sometimes he takes the whole stack suddenly. Sometimes he takes the whole stack slowly. Sometimes he takes a stack. I have to stack again. Sometimes he wants me to make a bigger stack. I assume he's got purpose for all the stacks or any stack and that he has a purpose for no stack. So this idea of I need to find out what God wants from me in terms of money and isn't it 10%? Like some say, it's a good starting point. What makes that a good starting point? Why not 80%? Why is 80% not a good starting point? You'd say that because it was part of the Mosaic Law. It's, yeah, it, it yeah, 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 he wants to drag some chains and wrap them around me. No, thank you. I'm not under that thing. If I if I pick up a little piece of it, I have to pick it all up. No, thank you. Not as a rule, but well, you could look call at it. What do you tax is a rule? I, I don't mean as a tax. You said it's a good starting point. Tide. The word tide is a tax. Right, but you're saying, well, 10% is a good starting point. Okay, now we're talking just 10% not necessarily tide. It might be a good, some say it's a good starting point. Yeah. Why? because of the fact that it was in the law. <laughs> See, now here you come with chains. I, I, I hear them rattling. It's a Christmas card. As a guide, not as a rule. Why are we getting a guide from the law? Why don't we get a, why don't we get a guide from the New Testament? Well, I mean, we, there are, th are there not things in the law which still abide? Why, why are we looking there? We why, don't we look at, why don't we look at... Because we need a starting point. Well, let's start with the New Testament where we started. You know, I didn't start with the law. Me. Oh, well, the one really in my heart... Yeah. What does it say? Why about should I tithing? refer to why should I refer to that which is, you know, basically the treasure of the old man? Why should I start looking there? That's not a good place to start. Or you don't find the word tithe in the New Testament. Except as I said in the Hebrews word. And in the Gospels when it's talking about the Pharisees. Yeah, but in you know, in the New Testament belongs, but when the Lord references, you know, you you tie them in and so forth and you should every time the subject arises, that is an Old Testament you show me where some Gentiles stole the tithe. And we're not proselytes. We're Christians. We have elsewhere to look for what we should do. And as we look in the New Testament, that we find that, that, that God's not about taxing. Christians ought never to be paying taxes in the faith. 10% say, well, your giving should be 10%. I don't know where they get that. As the apostle points out, you should give according to what you purpose in your heart. Let me ask you this about, about the law. What was the purpose of the tithe Scares for Israel? The law, scare, it should, the law should scare every Christian, even though we know it's holy. Because to us, it's the ministration of death. But to them, it was real life. No, the law to any sinner needing a Savior is the ministration of death. But, I mean, this was where they lived. This was their nation. Yeah. Yes. And so they had a 10% tax. 
They had three ten percent taxes. They had three. Yes, as free men, they had three ten percent taxes, which comes to about twenty seven percent. Finally, so we're, which means they had higher taxes as free men. Well, we're getting there than they did as slaves. <laughs> getting there, we're way past there. <laughs> that depends on how much. Uh, they, as slaves in Egypt, they had to give away twenty percent of their, their share crop. And so, well, they, except they didn't get to own the land. <laughs> they also lost the asset. So, yes, so, that's yeah, so God taxed them worse than the Egyptians? Well, they had no assides of when he taxes, right? He's, <laughs> he's on the prosperity side and then on the taxing side. Yeah. They have any taxing going on today, so he's not taxing us. Expenses can be covered without talking about it. Have you ever heard a message about that, about money that we need at the church? Have you ever heard a fundraising message in our church? No. How long have you been there? About 10 years. Been a member about 10 years. And in 10 years, you've never heard a message about fundraising. There's never been a collection, has there, at any meeting you've been at? No. And lights were on last night. Do we owe any money on our church property? I don't think so. No, not any. So it can it can actually happen. And has anybody ever told you that you need to tithe? No. No. I mean, not in our local church. So, so okay, so I just want to say, first of all, we have an example where it does actually work. Secondly, what are we trying to do? When, when you ask the question, should I tithe, meaning should I give 10% of my income to the church or to some ministry or collection thereof, mm-hmm. what are you trying to find out? You're trying to find out what? Um... What God wants me to do with my money. How God wants you to handle your money. Yeah. And you'd like to settle in on, gosh, I understand this. This would be, this, uh, this, this, this makes this, sense. I can, I can account for this. I, I can count for this. I know exactly what it is. I can calculate it and, be, you know, get an answer to that question, like, for, for good. Yeah. But that's not what God wants for you or me or anybody. God wants to, you to purpose in your heart and give, not be taxed. It's a whole different deal. It's a whole different deal. I mean, look, I know people who give way more than they're taxed, but when their taxes are raised, they're really incensed about it, and they just think, you know, no. Uh, you know, I'm against raising taxes. And by the way, I'm a person. I'm against raising taxes. I just don't, you know, I don't like taxes. I'm a, you know, let's not tax. Let's, let's be free people. Free people don't have much tax. That applies nothing at all to giving, nothing at all. You know, if, if I'm taxed less, I could give more. I don't have to, but I can. Mm-hmm. I know that. I got better use for that money, I think. What's the Christian hope? What should it be? Well, the Christian hope should be, I hope God uses me to further his kingdom, advance his purposes, including people getting saved, growing in grace. What can I do to do that? Oh, I think I could do this. Well, that's expensive. Yeah, but it just so happens I have the money. Or it just so happens if I know that if I start doing this and that others will join in. and they're all I don't want to go into a lot of details. We know each other. It gets uncomfortable to talk about such private matters as what a man purposes in his own heart to God that he actually realizes. You know, some people don't realize there's any value whatsoever in a ministry that they're associated with. And by the way, maybe there's not. 
it's a wonderful opportunity. People jump at the opportunity. They pay for newsletters. They pay very close attention uh, to every – they set up systems of alarms in their lives and hire advisors and everything else to hear about some good economic opportunity they can invest in and get a good return on. And I don't blame them for that. They do, they, you know. Uh, I, I don't I don't personally have time for all that, but if you do and, and you're good at that, good for you. And I wish you well. I hope you, you know, get good returns because, you know, that's nice. You succeed. Mm-hmm. I'm for you. You're not against me, so okay. Uh, now, how many look for good investment opportunities in the kingdom of God as we war in the kingdom of the heavens today? And I'm of the opinion that, you know, and this is a strong opinion I hold, that wealthy Christians, which means Americans, and, you know, are there any Christians left in Europe? I used to call them, <laughs> but I hope, hope there's some of them. It's got to be a couple, right? There's a remnant. Right. But in my experience, so tied to the world systems and making their lives allow them to know of good investment opportunities in the kingdom to come because he's not interested in rewarding them. A mindful Christian should be far more attuned and excited to pounce on opportunities for the kingdom of God than he is for the world. But you don't see that. Well, your ROI is further away. Maybe. You say the ROI is further away. You mean in time? Yeah. Not necessarily. You might be holding right now, you might be holding like a twenty piece of a 20-year debenture. You don't even know what you're holding because you're in a, a mutual fund or insured by, you know, some one of the 240 countries, the names of which you don't know. And it's valued what it's valued, but in 20 years, they'll never pay it or something like that. So the ROI is not necessarily for the rough. Number yeah. one. Number two, Mistos, he'll repay with substance. Not only multiples that eyes cannot see, ears cannot, you can, the mind cannot imagine payback or reward that, that God will investments into his work. But I believe that God has seen to it that it's difficult to find good investments in the work of God. And so people, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he fits the, uh, the bundles together himself. And uh, carnal Christianity with a lot of money can't seem to get any of that money into the kingdom of God. Instead, they're getting bilked, and it happens all the time. 